0: everyone, again, to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got uh, quite a few things to get into, including uh, LSU's football upset over the Florida Gators in Gainesville on a foggy night. LSU pulls out the victory 37-34. to 34. Uh, Lots of unpack there, I think. We're going to get into that. We also have this Ole Miss game uh, as our, pretty much our last game on the schedule because we we know for sure now that the Tigers are not going to go to a bowl game. We'll uh, we'll also get into that a little bit as well. And uh, I don't know. I think LSU basketball had a win also along the week. We we might touch on that for a hot second. But I want to check in with you guys for a hot second. See uh, see how you're doing. I I know we're probably beside ourselves. We were expecting you know cut the game off after. I don't know, second quarter, third quarter, thinking, uh, you know, LSU gave it their all and Florida's going to run away with it. But that, but that didn't happen. So it was, a, it was a better Saturday night than I expected. So uh, how, how was you guys' this weekend? I mean, I was kind of. I think, I think I was like
1: most uh, most LSU fans, where I expected. I was gonna. I was gonna watch the game. You know, I was gonna put myself through that misery and, <laughs> and self punishment. <laughs> see how bad it would and be. just see. Yeah, exactly, and see how bad it was. And I kind of expected, you know, something between the Auburn game and the Bama game, uh, but and, and I mean, we we all predicted LSU to lose. I think on this podcast, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I so I went out to dinner on Saturday night. To an awesome sushi place. If you're ever in Mobile, go check out Chuck's downtown. It's very, very good. Chucks.
0: That sounds like a great sushi. <laughs> no, I mean you
1: you think like, oh wow, like that's like random. But like it's it it's like insanely good sushi. Anyways, no, um so I'm sitting down to eat sushi and they've got the game on the TV. And about six minutes into like like we started eating, and then right about when we finished, we were probably like five minutes into the first quarter. And like you know and, and then right when uh, right when we're finishing up Eli uh has the pick six and I was like we were we had plans to like oh well, we're just gonna hang out like we'll catch the game but like we're gonna you know let's see what else is going on downtown and like kind of be in and out of the game and I was like wait a minute we have to go home <laughs> like like this could be something because it just it, this game I feel like this is the first this is the first real LSU football game we've had all year
2: yeah it was definitely the most exciting and and most fun to watch, I think everybody, uh, every LSU fan would be in agreement there. Since the national championship, and it kind of brought back the the feel a little bit of just like a a shootout. Obviously, we had a couple of close games before, but this one, like against a big time opponent, to see the Tigers actually play well in some capacity, it was just so exciting. And it was one of those games where it seems like almost every play seemed to kind of matter. Mm-hmm. Like any play could swing the game one way or the other. Because like sometimes you can have games where like the second, third quarter kind of gets like lost in the middle, but this one, it was like every little bit, Florida could just run away with it or LSU could just put their foot down. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, crazy ending. Cole Tracy knocking the 57 yarder through the fog and through York. The... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say <said> Cole Tracy, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, th- He's good, in good company though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and everyone was ecstatic, but happy
0: about that and happy to talk about that with y'all. Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. So, let's let's get down to it because it's uh, I mean, there was the game itself, but the, like like you said you mentioned the fog. There was all these other things. It was just it had the elements of like a, uh, you know, one of those old school LSU games like the the earthquake game or the the fire in the back of uh, Jordan Hare burning during the game type <laughs> of game. You know, it's just it had those elements because um, you know LSU had really no business knocking off Florida, or at least you know none of oh, yeah. us thought so. I, I know the team probably felt that they did, uh, and I'm glad they did. They they shouldn't lose that, uh, but uh, we just, if anything, I thought maybe LSU could win it close because I, I think we or I, we, you know, we've we've talked about a few weeks ago all LSU really needs, all they can do at this point is play spoiler. Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't think they, or I didn't think they were going to go to a bowl game and just because of record, but then, you know, it came, it came about that, you know, they're not going to look at records. They're just going to pull, pull the teams that they want in their bowl games. Uh, but we now know that LSU is definitely not playing in a bowl game because they sanctioned themselves. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, I guess, but, uh, it just felt like to me, it, if I was on the team, you know, if I'm the coach, no less, I, I, that's what I would convey to the players is guys, you got two games left. There's no bowl game. There's no bowl season. We're not going to, you know, these expensive suites and picking out gift bags. Like our next two games are it. So for you seniors, there's that. For you guys that are graduated or, you know, whatever, going uh, probably going to go to the NFL. The guys of you that haven't opted out yet, basically, <laughs> the, this is your chance to just, you know, just put it all out there. And they did. And it just, the way all these p- weird plays work throughout the game, because um, I want to get into the, you know, the offense and the defense, and I obviously special teams ultimately, because that's what won it um, specifically. But I just thought overall, it seemed like, you know, as opposed to earlier games this season, the ball just seemed to bounce LSU's way, literally and figuratively. <laughs> um because you know there's all these weird plays the 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 weird interception you had the the shoe throwing that cost him a, a first down Florida that is uh, and then you just had you know back to back field goals in, in the fog uh one guy made it he couldn't even see it go through uh but he made it <laughs> uh the other guy did not and that was the the difference um but i thought it was interesting that you know we we knew we were probably going to see max start and we did and that's all we saw. Like we didn't yeah. see TJ at all, uh, which, you know, is was interesting. I thought, you know, cause we've seen that before with TJ though, where he, they just played him the whole game uh, unless there was really like a reason to, you know, if he was struggling, but Max didn't struggle. He, he did pretty good, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I w- he actually won uh sec offensive player of the week honors from, from the conference. So, so there's that. Uh, I mean, he, he, you know, he wasn't uh, necessarily lighting the world on fire, but uh, man, he, he looked great. He, he seemed pretty comfortable out there. Uh he didn't seem, you know, uh in in a position at all to be on an away game in the swamp, you know, going against a team that potentially had playoff hopes. Uh they don't anymore, I don't think. But I don't know, man, just overall, uh I mean Tommy, was it just uh I know we were just probably surprised to see it, but it was it kind of just felt like we were watching at least some part of the you know Uh, the flashes of the team that we saw you know last year just how they uh, you know they just they won I I absolutely
1: agree like I think that this I think that watching that game that was what I expected this this 2020 LSU team to look like now like let's let's be honest like we could have lost that game we were not running over them we didn't beat them by 45 points but we were in it we were competitive we were scrappy we we had flashes of great talent on both sides of the ball, but we also had a lot of mistakes. There were penalties, you know, offensive offensive line, off uh, you know, false starts, uh, offsides. Um, there was a targeting play, a targeting penalty, like in the first what, like five plays of defense with Cordell Flott. So I think that that shows our youth. But it also shows how incredibly talented we are to be able to basically kind of overcome that and, and play. And, and also, that was a really raw game from LSU. They were playing freshmen, sophomores, second string, you know, mm-hmm. third string. They were, they were throwing everybody out there. And I, I texted this to y'all in the group. You know, that was the first game where it was all people who wanted to be there. You you know, I think yep. by, just by the nature of, of the opt-outs and everything and the way that this season has gone, the, you know, the depth chart from before the season even started, the, oh, who's the most talented, who had the most stars, who's going to the NFL, I think all that was thrown out. And I think Coach O and Pellini and Insminger, which all three of them, I mean, you know, this is Polini's best game. Now, he, they, you know, everybody says, well, he gave up 600-something offensive yards. But, you know, they, they held him where it counted um had a really really key stop uh on fourth down like fourth and one it was a big big play uh,
0: the, the first that was the first quarter right mm-hmm. like
1: they yeah so good tone set yeah it was a huge tone setter i mean like that was like at, at that point you know florida can step on your necks almost in the first quarter and and to be able to hold them which has been one of the most dynamic offenses in all of college football to hold them in their own at home, you know, in their own, on their own goal line. It was a really good, a really good series for LSU. And Mm -hmm. I think this, this was a, this was a much needed, like, I, I, I think this is one of the most important wins we'll talk about for, for years
2: right And then like you said, we were starting true freshmen pretty much across the board and then sophomores filling in the gaps like yeah, true freshman Max Johnson throw into wide receiver one Kaham Butte. True freshman. yeah, and then you true go, like, freshman Moore. Right. True freshman Cole uh, Cole Taylor. On, on the defense, you got true freshman Dwight McLaughlin covering Kadarius Toney, which is like a crazy mismatch pretty much for Florida and Tony. And he had, was able to do it pretty much. And Tony had a really good day, but uh, the damage was was limited. And you, yeah, you could see that promise in our young players. And they definitely had the energy. Uh, they were posting videos in the locker room afterwards, everybody grittying up. Uh, they were just so excited. Obviously, I would be too if you took down the number six team in the country. Uh, but yeah, it, it makes you hope hopeful for going forward the season with the, the highs and lows so far. This is definitely the highest of the high and yeah, it makes you proud to be an LSU fan when you're a bit ashamed to be in recent weeks. And I, I don't even, honestly, I don't think,
1: and I mean, it's easy to say this when we, when we knock off the number 16 in the nation, but I think if we had played that exact same way and then that field goal goes in and then we go into overtime and we lose I don't think I'd be that. Obviously, I'd be disappointed because we lost, but I wouldn't be that. I, w- I would still be very proud of this team. That's what I wanted to see all year. And I think that team goes six and four. I think that team goes seven and three. Um, you know, If you play the whole year, maybe better. You know, you never know. But I think that I think that it, it's so disappointing to see that now. And to know that it's all basically, like you said, freshmen and sophomores doing that. Where where, where is that? Where was that team when you had, uh, you know, some of the top like juniors and, and draft eligible juniors and seniors and soft draft eligible sophomores playing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. And, and there's been a lot of talk on the boards, and I've had private conversations with people close to the program and everybody you know, there's, there've been problems in this locker room. It's been, you know, reported. There've been problems in this locker room beyond the field, beyond Pellini or the scheme or Insminger or the lack of Joe Brady. It's been that this team is not a team. This team is not getting along. There are people who don't want to be there. And, you know, I I don't know if it had anything to do with the opt-outs. I don't know if it had anything to do with that, but something changed this week. And there were people who and, – and it's – I don't know who wanted to be there didn't want to be there before, but everyone on that field on Saturday wanted to be there and wanted to win.
0: Yeah, they did, and uh, and they did. Uh, I, you could kind of see it during the week because, um, like, Chris Curry was, you know, sending out uh, – he, he think he sent out a tweet, uh, something about, you know, just some, something positive. I think Ed Ingram did too you know, just something positive, something, you know, we haven't really seen from the players, you know, but, you know, when, when we could kind of tell the season was starting to go South. Uh, so you could kind of sense that they, you know, they don't want to go out like that and I'm glad they don't. It's like, you should have some, sh- some shame. Like, you know, we talked about last week, there's, there's pride on the line, if nothing else, you know, it's like, even if your team is not going to play for a title, um, you know, if you weren't on the team last year, like if you were on the team last year, you have a title. You have the, probably the greatest title you could ask for, uh, you know, from a college football team. Uh, but, you know, if you just got here this year, it's like, yeah, you're not getting that this year. But I mean, there's still plenty to play for. There's, uh, you yeah, know, there's the team, the brothers, just the program, the storied program. Uh, and also it's like guys are still watching. You know, there's, you know, even if you're going up against Alabama, there's, there's all eyes watching, you know, there's scouts at every game. So there's always a chance. There's always something to prove. I feel, and so I'm glad that they went out and proved something. And I thought the, uh, the offense definitely proved something because they, they made a switch to go with max just to see. And I imagine, you know, if it didn't go well, we'd have seen TJ, but, uh, I mean, he did, he did all right. So that's all we saw and they got the win. It's like, if it wasn't broke, don't, you know, don't try and fix it. And it, it wasn't really broke. He just, you know, LSU outlasted, I thought. And, uh, you know, the, the running was pretty good, but it was just, I think it was Max's control and knowing when to, when to run, when to throw it and we're going to get, just get rid of it. Um, I mean, he wasn't perfect. I don't think we expected him to be. We just want him to play, play well enough to win. And, uh, and that happened. And I think, uh, I don't know. Everyone's making this big deal about how this this penalty when they they stopped us on third down and then the guy just had this shoe in his hand for some reason. (laughs) I guess it came off the foot it, like right in his hand. I was thinking I was like, what would you do if the guy's shoe just landed in your hands and you you just stopped him? We're going to win. Yeah. F this shoe and you throw (laughs) it. I, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same, but everyone's saying, oh, that was their downfall. You couldn't say that because it allowed LSU to go further and kick a field goal. But I mean, Florida was able to drive too with less than like thirty seconds or something. Uh, but they couldn't. They couldn't kick the field goal. So um, I don't know, I think the shoe was only part of it. But just what a crazy. That's why I feel like it's like this old school win. I yeah? just what a crazy series of events. Because the uh, you know the offense played well obviously, but the defense. Like they held Kyle Trask in check for at least the first half. Like he he had two interceptions. They not only did they kill Florida's playoff chances, probably with a you know pretty much doused his if he was even gonna going to be going to New York. I mean it, he might still go. I don't know. I'm uh, sure he'll but, go, but I mean that yeah. with, with not the first half, Mac
1: Jones won the Heisman. It's a right. right.
2: Yeah, and we said that we're piloting pretty much our third string, uh, DBs against arguably the Heisman contender, like he's going to tear us apart. And he had 474 yards passing and two touchdowns. But like you said, in the first half, especially he was out of sorts. Eli Ricks made a huge Mr. Pick, pick six, Mr. Pick six came up. He kind of flexed on Kyle Trask, like moonwalking into the end zone <laughs> a little bit. That was pretty funny. Uh, he's it, got some swagger, right? It's, it's a friend
1: of, the po- <laughs> friend of the podcast. Eli Ricks.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he, well, lucky he didn't get it flagged or get it taken back or something remember that happened with brad wing a few years ago and he like launched it right before he crossed the goal line and they they yanked it back uh but yeah anyway um yeah that was a good show out and then yeah we we had a lot
2: more defensive line pressure on the quarterback i felt this game that we have recently uh we had four sacks which is isn't an insane amount but had a lot of players in there making an impact and just kind of rushing him and that kind of allowed our linebackers to roam around and make the tackles that they needed to. And uh, look.
1: BJ looked really good.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they just seem to be much more cohesive. There was a couple of blown plays. I think one where Kadarius Tony just like raced away uh, for a touchdown. And that's happened pretty much every game this season, but overall people seem more settled uh, in Polanyi's scheme. I don't know if it's enough to save his job. We might talk about somebody else's job who got saved, uh, but It was an impressive performance by the defense overall to hold the Florida dynamic offense to 34 points.
0: Yeah. Especially with that fourth down stuff in the first quarter, man, that was obviously a gut check moment for LSU. I think Florida was just trying to, I get why Dan Mullen, you know, went for it, but um, you know, it didn't work out, but I feel like at that point, it's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're playing for a playoff. These, this is the lowly Tigers. You know, they're not who they were last year. I don't know. I, I can't say I blame him for, for going forward and getting stuffed and embarrassed, but he, you know, they did. Um, and it just, it looked great. I think that helped the Tigers, you know, kind of build some momentum. And it's like, you know, we can actually do this. And I, again, they just, the ball seemed to bounce their way. That interception, have you ever seen anything like crazy like that? Maybe not since the bluegrass miracle, but just that. It bounced off the Florida player's hand, off the LSU guys like a nanosecond before his foot goes out of bounds, and then (laughs) the the DB has the wherewithal. Like If he he goes down with his face looking forward, he doesn't get that. He goes down with his head looking up at the ball to see if the Florida guy caught it. Sees it bounces up. Oh, my God, that's coming to me. Sits back up, catches it, looks at his knees, and then plops down. I was just... (laughs) That was crazy concentration. Uh, that was an amazing, amazing. I, I didn't
1: even really know what was going on when I watched. Like that was, I think that was, Um, I, don't, I can't remember if I was at the restaurant or if I'd just gotten home, but I like turned on. I was like, what are they,
2: what are they showing? Like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, I was honestly surprised they didn't overturn it and rule an incomplete pass because Jay Ward, who caught the interception, was like lying on the ground with his whole arms laying out of bounds. And I guess they said he like he reestablished himself inside there, but he pretty much just like popped Hit up. Did he call have illegal touching? I don't think so, but
0: uh, uh, I think the out of bounds thing is a thing. Yeah, I think if as long as you're not the first person to touch it. You know, like once you go out of bounds and come back in, and he wasn't the you know it hit the other guy's head. Maybe. Oh, that okay, yeah. Because oh. if he went out of bounds, like he, I don't know, maybe that's a different scenario. Uh, but I, I just, I know that if uh, I think maybe that's on a punt, like if there's a fumble or something, and you, uh, you know, you're pushed out of bounds as a gunner and you come back in, but I don't know. No, I think th- I think you're right, Scott,
1: because I know that like okay, if you're a receiver. And you run out, and you're trying to avoid like, like a, a corner who's covering you. If you step out of bounds, and then and and then try to catch the ball like without re, like you said reestablishing yourself in bounds, that's illegal touching. So I guess, but but because the ball hit the receiver who was in bounds, it might not have mattered. You know, there might have been like a, a
0: rule like a difference in rule there. Yeah, well, it hit the receiver's hand. It didn't hit. Uh, I, I, I Jay think was- Ward. No, hit it oh, it hit McLaughlin. It
2: smacked McLaughlin yes. in the face mask and bounced back, and then Jay Ward caught it like, okay. as he was climbing back up from the ground. I mean,
0: it bounced so perfectly. All he had to do was hold his arms out. So that's what I'm saying. The 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 football gods, I think, wanted LSU to win, or yes. they just they allowed it to happen as long as they showed up, and they showed up. Um, even, um, yeah, even Cole Tracy. I mean, it's. Cade York, I,
2: I planted that bad
0: seed in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> even even Cade York, because he you know he, he had a a bad miss. You know he had a miss uh, last week, but it, you know it's you shake it off. But this one for the game winner, I don't know if it's his personal best ever, but it was definitely he set the record for uh, the longest field goal for LSU at 57 yards, and he did it in the fog. I know you could probably see the guidepost, but that's not easy. It's like you, if you are trying to kick the ball in the fog, because basically, you know, you can look up at it and get your bearings, but once they snap it, like that's, that's usually in your, you know, like your peripheral vision. Uh, you know, it's yellow with red flags at the top, but in that fog, I don't think he saw it. He just had to maybe go off of like memory or something, but he drilled it. Florida got an opportunity, which I thought was ridiculous because with that little time left afterwards, like 20 something seconds.
2: Yeah. That there shouldn't have been no time left coach. O. kind of, that was bad. Yeah. There was bad on that one. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. But like, because it was third down and I think nine with whatever it was like 30 seconds left. And we had one timeout. And so we could have run the ball like up the middle, try and get a couple more yards. And then I guess you maybe want to avoid a fumble, but like you try to get a couple more yards and then you just wait for the clock to go to two seconds, then call your timeout, kick the field goal. And If he misses, you go to overtime. If he makes it, you win, right?
1: Yeah, they ran that little. They ran the little play with with um, Max Johnson. No,
2: but the problem was that he called timeout with I think it was thirty seconds left when he should have let when he should have run the ball, let the clock keep running, or force Florida to call their own timeout. Because since he called the timeout, then you have to pass it uh, because the clock is stopped anyway. So you think, all right, we're going to try and pass it and pick up the first down because then you have no more timeouts, so you can't run the ball. No, but they did run the ball. No, they passed it on third and nine, and it was an incomplete pass, and then we kicked the field goal. Oh,
1: but wait, but I thought Max did a little, he did a little, little thing where he ran to the right. It's like a quarterback, like
2: quarterback run. Remember that?
0: I don't, I don't remember.
2: Who did he throw? Who was he incomplete to? I don't remember the exact play. Okay, but yeah, and then so you should have let the clock run all the way down, or just let it run down anyway, and not do any play. And then just call a timeout with two seconds and then kick it. Uh, so he kind of messed up there. He, he was okay in the end, but it was a little bit sketchy because then obviously Florida had a chance to win and their field goal
0: kicker wasn't quite up to the task. Right. right. Um, or yeah. up to the trask. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, so I think this game, obviously the win was great. It's a, what we call a moral victory, but there was just so many different you know is LSU got the win. You know, they averted possibly, you know, a losing streak in the season. They beat someone they didn't think to. They ends pretty much Florida's playoff chances, right? Like I don't know if they if they beat Alabama in the SEC title game if that's if that's going to move anybody enough to put them in the in the playoffs. I doubt it, but I mean with two losses, I mean it's not unheard of cuz LSU <laughs> went to the title game with two losses and you before know, be the first. Uh, I just I just don't think that Florida is going to make their first playoff appearance this year. Um because you know they just they didn't look good in the first half and uh they definitely didn't I mean they kind of redeemed themselves in the second half but you know it just LSU still looked like it was in control of the game with that whole eye test thing. But I mean, I, mean I, that- think,
1: and I think I think I think Florida is going to get waxed in the in the uh SC championship. But even still, now now they did interview Dan Mullen before, and they said before the game, they said, "Well, what if you lose this game to uh, to LSU, but you go on to beat Alabama? Do you think you deserve to be in the the, the championship? I mean, in the playoff?" And of course, he said, "You know, yes." Like, da, da, da. Um, I think I think he I think they also asked if you beat LSU but then lose to Bama, do you deserve to be in? And he said, "Yes." <laughs> so, um. I don't know. I don't know if, if Mellon had any had anything to say about losing
0: both games, or uh, but I don't know. But he didn't he say something about Ohio State, like they like they should be in because you know Ohio State's only played five games.
1: I mean, I think that's I think that's actually accurate. I don't know if I put I don't know if I put uh, Florida in over uh, any you know other teams, but yeah, I don't think Ohio State should be in there if they're only going to play four games plus a championship.
2: Yeah, just the way it seems, it doesn't look like there's much room for a two-loss team to be in the championship. Uh, even if Clemson loses to Notre Dame and they become a two-loss team, I don't think they can get in at that point. Then, I mean, we kind of depend on the rest of the games, but you're still looking at Alabama, Ohio State probably, unfortunately for some people's opinion, uh, Notre Dame. How, can you, how can, Texas Do you A&M? have the opinion
1: that Ohio State deserves to be in with four wins?
2: I don't know it. In, in my opinion, I don't know if they deserve it, but I think they are one of the four best teams in college football, and they will be in the playoff no matter what. Well, yeah, I mean, I I understand now.
1: Just because I just because I say they don't deserve it, I understand why they're going to be. They're the they're, it's Ohio State. It's not you know, it's not SMU. Like they draw the people in, and like it's the team of the Midwest. It's a big program.
2: Yeah, it kind of goes back to the debate of like, are they the best team or? like have they played the best I think they have to prove I think that you should have to prove that you're the best team. Like what's
1: to stop Alabama from next year from saying okay, we're going to play we're going to play a four game season. We're going to play LSU, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida.
0: We're going to beat everybody and we're going to go to the playoff. Uh they they can't because next, you know, if everyone else does something different, like how can Alabama only play although you, know, you, I, I you totally gotta, what think but it's not but they would need the help of the SEC I think you know in order to go to the title game but that's what that's what Ohio, that's Ohio, Ohio State is. just
1: said okay well, we'll, we'll change the rules for us and then oh, they yeah. said okay <laughs> although
0: you <can>, see <laughs> so, yeah, what you're uh, saying about oh the best team in the Midwest it's it's just that's what the big team wants well that's our best team uh but you know they the history is there though they they are like no one's going to challenge
1: Ohio State Right. I realize that they are. I just feel like it's almost like the, you know, it's like dance monkey. Like
2: you have to like, like sing for your supper. Although you can kind of flip the argument the other way uh, because people say, oh, you play who you have in front of you, you play who's on the schedule, and that's all you can do. But then in that case, like, or versus like who has won the best in that case? Coastal Carolina should be in the playoff because they're the only eleven and team in college football. Like so, according to that, like oh, they've earned it more than anybody else. So you think Coastal Carolina is better than Ohio State? I don't know. No, I mean I don't think they're. I... Like, is Coastal Carolina more deserving of the playoff than Ohio State? I think in some ways, yes.
1: Only like, this year. Why not this year? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, yes, this year, but also like. I, I just, I don't, I think that, I think the Big Ten, the Big Ten and Pac 12, we talked about it before. We talked about it on this podcast. They waited and they waited. And they said it's dangerous and they said we're not going to play. And they canceled the season. They canceled everything. And then they said in October, oh, wait, we're coming back. Oh, here we are. Never mind. Forget it. We're back. We're the best.
2: Well, oh, but like, is that Ohio State football team's fault? <laughs>
1: so, I mean, it's not necessarily their fault, but they, but they, you shouldn't just get a pass just because you've his, just because you've got the best players. Like again, like what if they were one and What if they were two and O? Like what if they were one
0: and O with Justin Fields? Like, <laughs> but the but the issue is is it's it's not like some upstart team. It's not like Coastal Carolina, you know, going eleven and O on this weird year. It's you know it's they they get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I think a lot of you know most what, what most programs do you know, uh, like Alabama. Um, If you were to, like, every preseason projection, you know, if you were to ask the playoff committee who they thought next year, 2021's playoff hopes would be, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if they said Alabama because it's just you expect them to be there. Kind of like you, we expect Ohio State to come out of the Big Ten and challenge for a playoff. So it's – I just – I don't know. I I think it's ridiculous that they – change their things again mid-year but at least they're consistent with that they're they're totally fluid obviously as a conference you know at least
1: they're consistent in trying to like ensure that Ohio State get, right. gets gets the win like exactly I mean it's like but you could say the same thing it's like okay well what if lSU like going lSU was the best team last year so going off past performance like lSU goes and they they win one game and then they cancel all the rest of the games because of covid and then it's like, oh well, well, they deserve to go to the, the SC championship now. They're one and oh.
2: Ready for that one game Vanderbilt schedule next year. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, it's just it just doesn't it doesn't seem right. And I think that I think that that and I you know, you're right, like Scott, or I think Daniel, you said like, oh well is it Ohio State's fault that the Big Ten decided to do this? I'm like, no, it's not their fault. But they are in that conference, and I feel like that's what you know. It's like, sorry, like it sucks, but your conference made decisions, and your pre, you know your president uh, now didn't Ohio State. Ohio State was president voted no on voting. on playing because there was only one president originally who voted yes to play, and it was Nebraska.
0: No, was, I thought it was two. It
1: was Nebraska and Iowa. Okay, right? Nebraska and Iowa. So, um. So I mean, kind of, you are responsible a little bit. Like maybe not Ryan Day or Justin Fields, but like your your school is responsible. And you know, hey, so, go get them next year. You'll have to sit out this year. Yeah, and, and, and if you and if you are the best team, best program, then reload
0: and come back next year. Mm-hmm. But I, I think what happens was Ohio. Well, the Big Ten basically just showed though that they realize, well we we can't exclude ohio state from the big 10 title game because they are ohio state and they're undefeated you know but indiana was seven and one and they're only loss was to ohio state it was actually a close game it was a good game you
2: know mm-hmm. indiana
0: is is really good i i think yeah, they, they are. are i think they if anything i don't know i think most of the Big Ten would probably rather see them than Ohio State. I think the country would probably like to see a little parody and have Ohio, uh, Indiana play Northwestern. It would be weird, but and, you know, imagine those fan bases. They, they never really – you don't get to see them play for a Big Ten title. So, But I think the Big Ten just kind of painted itself into a corner because obviously now they they're not going to – whatever they say from here on out, any season on as far as any sort of regulation you just know though if it comes down to it they're going to change the rules for ohio state <laughs> yeah usually like they wouldn't have done this for indiana or for rutgers yeah you know, if, if it
1: was the opposite yeah if if if, if, if purdue was four and oh but ohio state's seven and one Purdue's not getting in the not getting in the 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 Big Ten championship because they're undefeated. Right, Purdue, sorry
0: guys, good good season though. Good, hey, good.
1: good job. Hey, that's really cool that y'all y'all finished four and zero. Good job, guys. Like, yep. and honestly, you know what? I'm not so sure that the SEC would do that for Alabama.
0: I don't I don't think Sankey would. Uh, I don't think they would put themselves in that position either to like put a a win a, a like a win requirement. They just they just said play you know, but they, they made the decision to begin with the right decision to begin with. So they didn't have to paint themselves into that corner either. Uh, but they, they I think the big 10 just looks silly. I mean, they're obviously in the tank for, you know, for, uh, for the blue buds, but whatever. Um, I, I, I still think, let's see it'll probably be Alabama. I guess the winner of Clemson or Notre Dame, Ohio state. And I don't know. Um, it looked like, USC was going to get knocked off by UCLA, but they they had a great comeback win. So I don't know if it's going to be USC or maybe, uh, you know, someone from the big 12, but uh, it's going to be an interesting playoff year. I I think Alabama will probably run away with it, but uh, you never know. Like there's been plenty of years where, you know, you thought it was going to be Alabama and then uh, Ohio state beats them or Clemson beats them. So you never know. Can't Um, wait for, for florida to beat alabama
2: and clemson to beat notre dame and ohio state's the number one seed because like they're they're the only like undefeated team remaining five Uh,
0: great yeah that's that's all we need really um
1: but But, i'm rooting for you know what i'm i'm converting to a cincinnati fan this for for the rest of the season i want cincinnati in why because like they're they're the number six team AM, I, I think, like, looking at it right now, if everything shook out the way, way we said, and so let's just say Ohio, Ohio State and Alabama are in, the winner of Clemson-Notre Dame is in, a and already lost to Alabama. I think that kind of disqualifies them.
0: Oh, not, not so fast, my friend, as Lee Corso would say, because their only loss is to the number one team. Um, they've beat everybody else, so why not them?
2: Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati's not getting in unless Texas A&M loses to Tennessee this week, uh, because they're already behind them in the rankings, and they don't play. Actually, no, they do play. They play against Tulsa, I think, in the um, AAC championship. But that's not going to be enough to to bump them over Texas A&M. So they're the biggest uh, volunteer fans on the planet right now.
1: Can, can I can I just root for them though? Can I just be like a of a course for the
2: for the day? That's I mean, great. like you're, I don't know why.
1: why they always say conference championships matter like why, why should it why should what like the f- number 3 team in the in the SEC why should the number 3 team in the SEC out outrank the you know what power
0: 6 <laughs> power 6 champion <laughs> well i'll i'll say this though cuz after michigan had to cancel their game with ohio state putting putting them in this predicament you know a lot of people were saying hey uh BYU scheduled a game with someone in like sixty hours. Yeah. So if Ohio State needs this extra game, and if they want to, which I think they would, I don't think Ohio State would back down from anybody. At, you know, at that at that point, uh, you know, if they did, because they were saying just schedule Cincinnati. They're they're right down the road from you. Uh, we that could probably. Awesome. Do it. Yeah, but they you know they just they I don't think they would have I don't think they would have done that. They would just rather have Ohio State not play, and change their rules. But, you know, they then they'd have to go back before because I think earlier in that season, you know, someone tried to schedule a different game and, they you know, the, the Big Ten wouldn't let them. So, I don't know. It's it's really weird. It's a it's a cluster F. It really PSG. is. But um, I think that was LSU's bowl game, right? I mean, we have Mississippi, Ole Miss coming up, which, um, I don't know, that could be a, a bowl game. I think I like our chances better now. I thought it would be good if we finished one and two uh you know uh Alabama being one of those losses uh, I thought Florida would have been the second loss but you know LSU might have beat Ole Miss but hey if we finish two and one guys we've finished the season 500 and we avoid our first losing season since the 90s you know,
1: Scott you said it you said it right after we won you texted in our group message and you were like if we beat Ole Miss, Three years from now, no one remembers this season. I think you're totally right. right. I think Coach o basically saved his job mm-hmm. in that game. I think that we're in a great position with great momentum to go into this Ole Miss game at home. Um, hopefully, we start Max Johnson. He has another good day. Hopefully, our defense can keep up. Maybe. Hopefully, we get Stingley back. I don't know where he was. Uh, he, had some sort <laughs> he, was of
0: he was dancing in the locker room, though. He looked fine.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, he looked looked fine. And then why was you know he warmed up and then he didn't play. Um, yeah, if we finish this, if we finish this season five and five, can you imagine like what, like we re- basically just snatched a uh, victory out of the jaws of defeat?
2: Yeah. And then like LSU had a couple eight and five seasons under less miles. And you think about three of those wins are probably against nobody teams. Yeah. So without that, you're five and five. five, five, You're right where we are now if we beat Ole Miss. So I think that one should be held on a similar regard. What did we, what did, what was our record the year after we won in 07?
0: I think Uh, eight and five.
1: Yeah, eight and five. We went three and five in SEC play.
2: And then, yeah, one of those wins was in the bowl. So yeah, we were seven and five during the regular season. Yeah, uh, so that could be even worse if three of those wins were against cupcakes. Uh, so it, it's really not a too bad a result. And obviously, we were ranked number six going into the season, I think. And so the the hopes were high. And then a lot, a lot of things changed. But you can't really ask for that much more than five SEC wins from a group of, as Coach O put it this week, freshmen and sophomores. Really. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm I'm actually. I'm so
2: excited. I, I, this is the first. Maybe we're the- kind of being some fair weather fans here. Like we're, we're happy when they're good and sad when they're bad. No,
0: no, we're not. And I think you had a good point. You know, without the cupcakes, you know, those a couple of those mild seasons would have been 500, maybe sub 500. Maybe maybe not sub 500, but like just just close enough. Uh, I know it didn't have that, that that luxury this year. Otherwise, you know, they'd be looking at similar to eight and five. But um, <laughs> it's funny you mention it, though, because. Look at Auburn, you know they they won, they won,
2: they and they have
0: before, and they still fire their coach. <laughs> like, and he was it was crazy. He was, after the game, he was dancing in the locker room. You know, he everybody was celebrating, and then he finds out a few hours later. Yeah, sorry, because he knew he was going to get that money. Yeah, poor guy, he only he only got twenty one yeah. million dollars. <laughs> but he gets like what. Uh, it's twenty million, 21 million buyout, but like half of it's due in like two weeks or something. Man, that something that's a good Christmas. Yeah, it's <laughs> Christmas bonus. And you know he'll land somewhere else, but it just it just goes to show you that even if you win in the SEC, it's not like winning. You have you know just win. Eh, it's all right. Uh, you know that's what happened to Mark Rick at Georgia too. You know it's just he had like uh,
1: he I mean he he had how so many how many appearances in the SEC championship right and uh, he still got
0: fired floor, floor off the top of my head
2: yeah well no
1: daniel i i, I have to push back we're not fair weather fans <laughs> no
2: I, i'm not saying that we are i'm just saying that like lsu like the sentiment in general that i've kind of seen across like social media and stuff is like elation now obviously it's fun to win but like just a few weeks ago people were like hating a well, lot no, because, but, but like a few weeks think about what will we be
1: talking about if we did lose like if we if we lose that game we're three and six right and
2: yeah you're hoping for a win you're hoping to to get four and six to go
1: to go 400 or what yeah 400 and and you've lost pretty much every game that's meaningful plus some that you shouldn't have lost like to mississippi state and to uh and to uh missouri Missouri. like it it was it, it is bad it was bad And there's still bad stuff and there's still stuff they need to fix, but like being like, that is exactly like where I wanted LSU to be like that team last on Saturday is what I wanted to see this year. And like I said earlier, like that team would still, that team is going to lose games. Like if you take that team and put it for 10 games against the entire schedule, I think we probably go six and four or maybe seven and three, but still, that team can play, that team's competitive, and that team's got fight. And I think that's something to be excited about.
0: Yeah. I, the, the interesting thing, though, is like that team that we saw this past weekend, that was with Max Johnson and a bunch of guys either uh, have already opted out or are injured. But, you know, it's like if they just had whatever they had for that game that made them just look like they they weren't going to just, you know, they weren't going to be pushed around finally – uh, mm-hmm. You know, if they had that at the beginning of the season, yeah, I don't know. Now we're I think we're looking at um, probably I don't know, maybe two losses at this point. Uh, I feel like Alabama might have been that one loss for sure, but there probably would have been some other loss just because of whatever. Probably Auburn, you know, uh, that that would have been definitely the second loss. But or you know, yeah. But it's like it's it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing to try and wrap your head around that. As LSU has lost more games and lost more players this last game against Florida. They look better than they did. in, you know, some of the previous games, it's just, yeah, it's like, like you said, where was that before?
1: Well, and, 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 you know, you, you said it's Max Johnson, a bunch of freshmen. Can we just talk about, I, I I don't know if y'all saw it. I feel like I saw flashes of Joe just just a little bit from Max, you know, there were the way he was, the way he was moving around in the pocket, the way he, uh, the way he ran a little bit, the way he scrambled and, and kind of maneuvered. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I've kind of been more of a TJ fan, you know, kind of, I've been rooting for TJ. Um, didn't know. T- I mean, obviously I knew like what we, what we knew about recruiting wise from Max Johnson, but I hadn't, we didn't obviously we did not see him in the spring. Didn't really see him. And I didn't see tons of video of him from practice and stuff, but I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's the guy.
2: Yeah, and that's going to call a lot of things into question with Miles Brennan's situation as well, especially if Where Max, especially if Max plays on the well. Side. Yeah, I didn't see him either, especially if Max plays well again against Ole Miss, and then you've got kind of a three-headed dragon. I was listening to somebody on the radio, I don't remember the other day. Like, does Miles Brennan look to stay and try and battle against these two young guns, probably to try and earn his starting spot back, or does he maybe look elsewhere? um and then you got two freshmen do both of them stay maybe one go because it's kind of seems unlikely to me that we have all three of them still in competition for the starting job going into next year
1: with a with a Garrett Nussmeyer coming in
2: yeah and you don't think that Garrett Nussmeyer is going to see many snaps but like I mean he's going to be a presence at least he's
1: a young gun who wants to come in and and at least compete right
2: Uh, so if I had to guess I don't think all three will be at LSU starting next year but I hope that we can at least find one good option, you know?
0: Definitely. No, we should be. But I I, I would agree with you, too. But it's just – it's such a weird season where if, if Miles had – like, that's – I didn't think – you know, I thought we'd lose either TJ or Max. But that was when I was expecting Miles to finish out the season. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we'd see one or the other two in relief here and there because LSU might have, you know – ran away with it and just wanted to, you know, run off the clock and give some guys some playing time. But that didn't happen. Miles has been out, and we're obviously not going to see him. They shut him down. So, I don't know. I feel like with him being shut down and coming back yet again, but we've already seen TJ and Max this whole season. Uh, I don't I don't know. It's like if you'd asked any of them, like, who do you think would start next fall? It's like I, I don't know if they would know because – Maybe they're kind of all on like a level playing field. So I understand why someone would want to transfer, but I think it's kind of up in the air, you know? Like,
1: I mean, gun, gun to your head, who do you pick? I don't know who i pick right now. You know what I mean? Like I do, yeah, am I like, if we have a healthy miles and then we have TJ and we have max, like who are you picking, you know?
2: I mean, all 100%. I think you have to go with miles Brennan just because he has the experience and he showed that he can play well in the first couple of games Obviously he went one and two as a starter, but he wasn't really to blame necessarily for those losses and just the experience and stuff, even though he only has, I guess, two years left um, as a potential starter. And then the others have up to four years with the COVID stuff, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you kind of have to think about the future as well. If you want to have a, like a Sam Ellinger type guy who seems like he's been there for ages (laughs) throwing.
1: Yeah. I mean, by the time, if if Miles were to use all of his eligibility, he were to come, if he were to come back next year and the year after that, it would feel like Miles had been there for 10 years.
0: (laughs) Right. He would be be our TJ. TJ Barrett right like just yeah because people
2: were talking about him in competition with Danny Etling talking about him in competition with Joe Burrow but then he never got the job it's like all right he's and everyone's like he's been waiting (laughs) and then he waited and he got his spot and then unfortunately for him he got hurt and you can't really put that on anybody uh but it's
0: a strange situation indeed indeed um I don't know looking forward to Ole Miss though I I feel like it, they could be dangerous you know they were they were in quite a shootout with with Alabama uh and they can score and uh they actually had somebody opt out this this week uh you know one of their their offensive players but I it wasn't I don't know if it was like a true starter but uh I feel like it could be a shootout so I don't know I that's that's the one thing I feel like you know they're gonna start Max again just because he did well against Florida on the road but uh I don't know. I feel like it has to be a shootout because we'll Miss, with you know, with our defense, I don't know. I feel like we can. Uh, it's going to be bend and hopefully not break. So I, I don't know. I guess it'll come down to whether or not if if Max can guide these guys and like kind of keep up with the scoring because I feel like it could be a shootout if uh, if we if we aren't careful, you know. Yeah. No. You I,
1: I, I mean, the, right now the over under is at seventy four.
0: Which I think
1: that all, you know, that shows it's going to be a shootout. LSU's favored by one um, at home. I actually kind of like that. I feel like I like LSU winning by more than one. What do you think, Daniel?
2: Yeah. um, Ole Miss has played okay this year. They've played about up to their normal standards going four and four with the Lane Kiffin offense. They've opened it up a lot. They've had a decent passing game before, but uh, they're, they're running well with Elijah Moore as one of kind of the premier wide receivers in the country catching passes from matt corral they shifted away from the offense a little bit that we saw last year uh, with john rice plumley kind of quarterback runs all the time now it's more of the air raid Uh, but their defense is typical gives up a lot of points as well so that gives credence to the the high scoring game and i think uh you should expect to see a lot of points and if i had to pick probably lsu by maybe four points something like that i mean i
1: think that Imagine if we can get if we can get some of the defensive production we got. I say production. I mean, I know it wasn't like a lockdown defensive play. Uh, but if we can get some of the production, especially from like like Daniel said earlier, the defensive line and the linebackers. And then Stingley can is if Stingley's healthy and we can put him on Elijah Moore, and then we can get, you know, maybe McLaughlin or Uh, flot or Jay Ward, all, you know, all the DBs kind of mix in there and play decent coverage. They don't have to be locked down. I think we got a good shot. I I hope we win. I think we need this win to just to put a bow on this season, end it. We're not going to the bowl game. Let's make, like you said earlier, Scott, let's make this, this the, what, what the Magnolia? No. Yeah. The Magnolia bowl. Mm -hmm. Let's let's be the Magnolia bowl is going to be our ball this year. (laughs) And I think we need I think, you know what, I'll get us, I'll, I'll get everybody some gift bags. I'll bring them to the locker room <laughs> and uh, and and we'll make it like a bowl game.
2: There might be some improper benefits, which we might not be able to play in a bowl next year.
1: <laughs> and then they're going to, yeah, I'm going to bring the, I hear maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we just need to always like opt out of bowls to get the players excited for regular season games. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring gift bags and give it all the players. So that way they get the improper benefits. So that way they will self-report it and we'll
0: opt out. Mm-hmm. Full just get him plan. some nice talking tigs t-shirts that ought to that ought to be enough to uh to cross the line i'll get him the t-shirts and the monopoly money that
1: uh odell gave him <laughs> the playoff yeah. game.
0: right so uh y- you mentioned it uh daniel like we as far as our bowl game uh you know we're not going to have one uh lsu has self-imposed that they are not going to play a bowl game so i mean it that's that's all fine and dandy uh it's it's kind of like, you know, what was it, a couple of years ago? Uh, no, it was, was it I think it was three years ago, uh, you know, when Johnny Jones was here, like that last season. Well, it was when Ben Simmons' only season, you know, it's like there was it just the season was not going the way they wanted. And they just said, you know what, we don't even want the NIT. We don't, or maybe they felt like they didn't deserve it. I, I don't know. It was just a it was a bad end to the season. And they just they cut themselves off and they said, we're not going to we're not going to go through it. I felt like when LSU made this decision uh maybe there was a part of that, like, let's just end this season, please. But uh, I feel like they really sense some heat coming from the NCAA. So this is like the perfect opportunity to go ahead and, you know, quote unquote, censor yourself. Uh, because, you know, if you already do that, then, you know, it looks like you're, you know, you're, pen, you're showing your penitence and, uh, you admit your wrongdoing before you were told you were definitely in the wrong. So I, I don't know. I, I think LSU is trying to trying to to work to work ahead of the storm here, which you know you who can blame them. But I don't know. Do you guys feel like like I I, I totally agree with the move. I mean it's this season. Who cares, right? Like if they played, it'd be some weird off off chance bowl. Uh, I feel like it would be good to watch. It'd be fun. I feel like LSU would probably show out. They usually do in those games, um, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's LSU probably made the right call, especially if it's, you know, it looks good in the NCAA's eyes for for whatever they decide to come down with. Uh, I don't know, Tommy, what'd you make of the, you know, the opting out of the bowl and just expecting this, this hurricane that's just kind of uh, looming offshore on LSU as far as, you know, the whole, uh, title nine thing in the the ncaa investigation
1: yeah so i mean everybody knows we're under investigation uh both basketball and football are under investigation and they they always throw like the ncaa like if it if it's more than one sport they'll throw around that lot, lack of institutional control which is like the death death sentence almost for for college sports that's where that's what happened to old miss right they they got lack of institutional control
2: i think so yes. I think, yeah
1: and that's what kind of sank I mean, them Houston same thing with era. with baylor right Um, so I think that, uh, it's kind of good, you know, I, I wouldn't say I love the move just because it's like, well, I wish we weren't in this position in the first place, but it makes sense. The NCAA, they, they want you to do this. Like they, they would rather you you know, punish yourself and then them say, and then the NCAA be able to say, yes, like you're, you know, you're punishing yourself and you're abiding by our rules. Yeah, exactly. They shake their finger at you. They'd rather you do that than they have to come in and give you Mm -hmm. sanctions because as we, I mean, do you remember, this was like one of the most remarkable things last year in college basketball, it was kind of overshadowed by all like the base, by the like shutdown of the season. But you remember when Memphis was like the NCAA gave them notice that um, they're like stud point guard or whatever was ineligible and they were like yeah he's like in ncaa violation he can't play
2: yeah james wiseman who was the number one overall recruit yeah i think he played three college basketball games
1: well no but but they they told him like he can't play and then uh penny hardaway was like no he's gonna play yeah and so that should like like the ncaa has power but then again they don't like the only thing they do is sanction championships they can't really tell lsu what they can do like lsu could just continue on now they might not be able to compete and they can make it you know they can make it hard for them to uh they could punish them in other ways they could say well you're not allowed to compete in the ncaa you know championships but it's but it's more of like a gentleman's agreement that okay you're gonna you know you're gonna abide by these rules and we're gonna help you get tv deals
0: right uh they i guess the ultimate ultimately what they can do is just vacate your title
1: yeah right but but you know the weird thing is the NCAA doesn't even really doesn't technically award a national championship. They or no, they do, but they just give it to you. You don't when you're playing in the college football playoff and they hand you, you know, you win and they hand you that golden tube. That's not the national championship trophy from the NCAA. That's from the college football playoff, which is some right. company. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it's it's such like a mis, it's it's like a misconception. Like the only NCAA trophies are that kind of like weird looking it's kind of a it's like a
0: big cup right
1: well it's no but it has that like it has the little like the the. oh yeah the tall piece the of tall wood. and it's got the glass but it's wooden yeah like that's what they hold up at, at uh when they play at rosenblatt uh for the college, yeah. college world series like yeah. that's the true ncaa championship and they have one for football when we went to see the trophy ceremony at the pmac remember daniel they held up both.
2: Yeah, because they were drawing it out. They were really whipping trophies out. Yeah, they had the right. three.
1: So they had three trophies. They had the AP trophy, which is the silver gl- golden ball. I mean, not the the, the, gl- the glass ball. Then they had the tube, which is the college football playoff trophy. And then they had the NCAA trophy, which was just Ooh. awarded to them. So, right. you know, like they don't like you could even. So you could technically like they could vacate your vacate your NCAA championship. And you could still be the college football playoff champion, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very weird system and uh, I'm glad LSU's doing it. You know, like you said, Scott of all years to, to say, you know what, we're not going to play in a bowl game. I think most LSU fans are like, don't want to see a bowl game. They want to say, just stop the bleeding now. So um, hopefully I, the main thing I hope is I just hope it's enough. I hope that's enough of a pound of flesh for the NCAA and that they can, you know, take their take their investigation to other schools
2: yeah a self-imposed bull ban is about the worst thing that a football team or a self-imposed postseason ban for any sport is about the worst thing you can do short of stopping the the team because obviously what player wants to play for a team that has no shot at competing for a championship, right? Cause you can play, but like you can't win and winning is what sports is about for the most part.
1: And plus, plus we've already done the scholarships too, yeah. which is probably like one a and one B.
2: Yeah. So the full list of investigations is, not available to the public as far as I'm aware of at this point, but obviously it has to do with recruiting and hopefully, and it's also has to do with, I think the Our Lady of the Lake stuff, uh, improper benefits, which is recruiting in itself, but yeah, all that, hopefully it gets sorted out. And then like Tommy said, it's good enough and we move on next year and hopefully a better year. I'm sure LSU had some big brains on this topic, weighing the pros and cons and being like, all right, we're going to be playing in the tax slayer bowl, um, or we can do this and hopefully get the monkey off our back and just roll it over to next year. So they're like, "All right, we'll we'll bite the bite the bullet here and hopefully move forward uh, in a more positive manner." But I th- so I think it's okay. Obviously disappointing. You want to see LSU play in the postseason, but it is what it is.
1: I mean, no. yeah, I'd rather I'd rather let LSU have a chance to compete for something two years from now, actually compete for you know playoff berth or something like that, than I would watch them play in the Lending tree bowl
0: this year. Right. And if you think about this, it's like what, like the last time LSU would not have would be, I think, in the 90s, you know, when they had like a losing season. So uh, just imagine all the free time that the coaches would have uh you know not having to do bowl game prep and travel with the team and you know hunker down for however long especially with covid because you know everyone's going to go you think they're going to go home and see their families at some point uh between now and then uh you know especially because there's christmas unless their game was before then but you know we don't have to worry about that so imagine all the free time the coaches are going to have they hopefully will be recruiting hard i don't know tommy might see uh Cocho flying down i ten again, so just keep keep your eyes out. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, but um, I don't know. Like you said, it's this this does loom. Like what team? What guy would want to play with that team that's not going to compete? But you know, it's like you know these decisions are starting to come down because uh, we are going to come up against uh, you know early signing day, and you know LSU may or may not be called on Wednesday. Um, so. In light of all that, uh, I wanted to toss it over to you, Daniel, since you are our recruiting insider here on talking tigs, uh, just to see what you see, if you have any, uh, any crystal ball predictions for this Wednesday, because I think the tigers have some pending commits, some, some recruits, hopefully in the, in the ether here that might, that might, uh, come to Baton Rouge. So, uh, Daniel, um, w- what do you, what do you say, uh, well, Daniel, what what have you heard? Who, like, who all is going to commit? Who said they were going to commit on Wednesday? And uh, I don't know. Do you do you feel like they are uh, they they might pull out the purple and gold, or is it uh, is it still kind of up in the air?
2: So right now, LSU sits at 19 commits for the 2021 class, and with the uh, scholarship reductions that we had talked about, I think it's four per season for the next two years. So we have 21 spots. Cause it's normally 25. And so there's 19 right now, which would leave room for two. And so people can change last year. We had, I think two or three players flip uh, Jermaine Burton, Rakeem Jarrett are the two that come to mind. And then, uh, so yeah, we've got one five star um, looking at this. We got one five star, 13, four stars and five, three stars uh, led by Sage Ryan, five star out of Lafayette. I'm not seeing him announce whether he will be committing or not. Typically somewhere in the range of 80% of high school athletes commit during the early signing period. So if that holds true, then we would be seeing about 16 to 17 commits tomorrow, uh, which is pretty good. I
1: think, I think he will too, because um, he's uh, Kevin Fox's cousin.
2: Yeah. And he seems pretty solid LSU. So hopefully we can keep him. Alabama was a other kind of like, big player in his recruitment but I think he's solid uh some that have seemed a little bit iffy there's been some rumors that Chris Hilton four-star wide receiver may not be committing uh yeah, during this during this period uh, out of Zachary Louisiana hopefully he doesn't get poached or flipped and then Rajon Davis the four-star linebacker uh out of California there's been a lot of talk about his recruitment lately he said that he will not be committing uh for sure which is not great because you want to lock them down as soon as you can. There's been some rumors about him staying home like USC or closer to Arizona state, but hopefully we, we can keep him solid as a tiger. One thing that for kind of uncommitted players that we're looking for uh, the big one is Mason Smith, five-star D tackle out of home of Louisiana has said that he will be committing on signing day. And he announced his top four uh, choosing between LSU, Alabama, Georgia, and Miami, Ah, uh, so he cut off notably USC because, and also Clemson. Yeah, and that's big because we've talked about it before. He's supposed to be a package deal with Corey Foreman, defensive end out of California, the number one overall player for this year's class. And Corey cool. Foreman was heavily favored. He was a former Clemson commit, and so if he's not going there, people thought he would stay home at USC. So since those two are gone, uh, there could be a strong possibility of both of them. Staying and coming to lSU, which would be huge for our defensive line and Mason Smith, I
1: want to say it's like two weeks ago uh, he was quoted mm-hmm. as saying the chances of him and Corey Foreman playing together are one hundred percent, right isn't that right? So it seems like where Mason Smith goes, the you know the number one player in the nation goes
2: and and that may have again, we talked about this last week as rumors, but we had two defensive line prospects decommit last week and conveniently we now have two available slots uh, for this signing day so we'll see how things fall together uh, another big recruit Tristan Lee offensive tackle out of Ohio I believe
1: there's Fairfax Virginia Oh,
2: Virginia yeah thank you Tommy and so it's kind of between LSU and Oklahoma it looks to be right now so that would be a big uh, buff to our O-line which has had a lot of problems this year and because we need some some beefy fellas up in the front uh, to lock it down. So those are kind of the highlights. We, oh, one other player that has been trending just in the past couple of days is four-star running back Armani Goodwin, who was a former Alabama commit. But since Gus Malzahn has departed, a lot of people are thinking he might flip to LSU. You mean Auburn commit? Did Alabama? Yeah. That's my my second
0: faux pas the <laughs> podcast. Wait, what was his name? Uh, Armani Goodwin. He is, I, I, I think I remember seeing somebody ask him and he said that it, it wasn't going to sway it i don't think that changed his
2: mind that'd be be a hard flip but i could be one to keep an eye on do you have any other info tommy um i would just
0: say
1: that that tristan lee the the probably the number one is he the number one offensive lineman in the class
2: no i think he's like number three
1: but a top top five lineman um he was at the uh he was at the florida game this past weekend on a florida official visit so um, kind of good news for us. All of us feel like, you know, hopefully he's, mm-hmm. he he liked what he saw. I don't even think Florida was really in the uh, in the conversation with him. All of his crystal balls are either to LSU or to uh, to Oklahoma. So um, it was good for him to get a, get another look at LSU and see our best game that we've had all season up, you know, in person.
2: Yeah, and actually, update on that: Tristan Lee won't be committing until January second. Uh, and the same thing for Corey Foreman. I do believe he's supposed to announce on January second. Uh, But Mason Smith, the big one on Wednesday, because where he goes, it's likely that Corey will go also. Why would why would they?
1: Gosh, it's such it's such there's so much drama in this. This is like I wish I wish that, you know, Mason Smith and Corey Farmer are going to play together. Then they should just, you know, just do it both together at the same
0: day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, a quick question for you guys, if if either of you know. Um, So with all the opt outs that LSU has had this year, you know, that frees up plenty of space you know I can think of probably four off the top of my head Mm -hmm. like does that mean like now that these roster spots are like the scholarships excuse me are available uh does that mean that is LSU allowed to recruit beyond like the normal what is it like the 25 per year limit like to replace those players because you know those those scholarships are free now free as in, like, available. So, does that mean that LSU can, like, recruit beyond the normal limits to replace them? As far as I know
2: that is not the case yeah i don't think so either i believe they they announced they're imposing the eight scholarship reductions over the next two years meaning 2021 and 2022 and as far as i can tell that's going to be applied four to each of these recruiting classes you think like all right we're just going to take four off the top and roll with like 81 players instead of 85 but i don't think they can do that
1: so in other words they can't say okay well like jamar chase is gone and neil farrell's gone and uh apu ak is gone and this guy's gone all right we're cool
2: yeah so I believe they can fill those extra spots with like grad transfers or yeah. just uh general transfers as scholarship players, but I don't think they can like fill it with new recruits, if you see what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Now, but one one interesting thing that people have been talking about, and I, I don't know how much I don't even think there's any truth to it, or maybe maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Both Apu Aika and Marcel Brooks have been rumored to want to come back.
0: Really? So, yeah, Why? I, I thought- don't
1: know. But that's just something to watch out for. Maybe keep your eyes on it. See what happens. You might see the return of, of the other number nine,
0: Marcel Brooks. Huh. Well, I, I got to wonder, like, what, why, like, what, I, I don't know. Maybe the, uh, who knows? I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's just bizarre to me. But. Hey, uh I Coach O said the same thing about Eric Gilbert. You know, that he was asked, uh, you know, what if Eric uh he wants to come back at the end of the year? Oh, we'd love to have him. Sure. I mean, he was, you know, the top tight end in the country. He looked good in a, you know, some, some action this year, but like do you like to, to, to be so welcoming with open arms with these guys that kind of just, you know, left the program, not for some reason. You know that you know most people could probably Understand they just They, they could so they did you know it's like You know I'm just not going to play anymore this year Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to play anymore this year uh, Maybe think- next year we'll see But yeah. so you <laughs> So you want that guy back now <laughs> I I don't know it's like uh, I don't know what would you guys do What would you say thanks but no thanks We got it or would you Welcome him back like if it was Joe Burrow's like third year I, after last season, I'd say, all right, Joe, come on. Come on let's <laughs> but I don't know. What do you say?
2: I think you probably got to take him back. I mean, he was the highest overall uh, rated tight end in high school history.
0: And that was high school though. What did you see this year that would make you say?
2: He, right, definitely, you should... he played well in bursts, um, showed that athletic potential a lot. He wasn't, I would say a game changer, like some hope that he would be, but you can kind of attribute that to being a true freshman in an offensive scheme that didn't really favor it too much. And there are the rumors of him transferring away because he's homesick. Uh, we'll have to find out whether that comes to fruition or not people say he's going to go back to georgia because he's from atlanta and he went to the same high school as bj ojolari so i think he's going to transfer too but i think ojolari playing against florida and playing well is a good sign of him staying yeah and hopefully he'll convince his high school buddy eric to do the same
0: yep come on eric yeah stay where you are
2: one team one hard beat
0: (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, speaking of you know one pod one heartbeat, I don't know we're we're kind of uh, running into to talking TIG's overtime here, uh, but I I didn't want to just cut it off short because I, I did want to mention though uh, you know amongst all this this football talk and will they or won't they and who's going to go where uh, come this Wednesday, but uh, you know LSU basketball is trucking along. They did have a game canceled this week uh, against South Florida. They're actually going to play here in Atlanta at State Farm Arena. Uh, canceled to you guessed it, COVID related reasons. I think the Tigers couldn't contact trace or, or something like that. I, I still don't even well, know. Well, Will Wade has COVID.
2: Well, Will Wade did not coach today in their game against Sam Houston State, and Trenton Watford did not play. They said due to contact tracing concerns. They didn't uh, say that he had COVID nineteen that I'm aware right. of. But
0: I thought I thought he did. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're yeah. right. Uh, So they they just canceled the game against South Florida. But, yeah, they did win against Sam Houston State. Uh, Started this morning, actually, a a Monday morning game, which is just so weird. Uh, But they won by 22, 88 to 66. Uh, So they're sitting 4-1, but they have three more non-conference games. One against uh, Will Wade's old program, VCU. It starts this Wednesday against UNO. Uh, University of New Orleans uh, at the PMAC, and then they'll have a uh, North Texas and VCU with both at the PMAC before they start their SEC schedule after Christmas on the 29th. Uh, so l- more l- more to watch from them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any, uh, any any final thoughts here before we before we head out and uh, get ready for this Magnolia Bowl? <laughs> I
1: just hope Christmas comes early on Wednesday and we get all the, we get all the goodies that we hope for.
2: <laughs> yeah. I guess long time listeners of the pod may remember that last early signing day was kind of bad. Like we had two high profile recruits and I think three, I can't remember the third flip away from LSU and we didn't get Jordan Burch, the one guy we really wanted from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it was all just kind of a mess. And that was a, that was a bad day for LSU recruiting. So hopefully they do better here. This week, we'll recap that for you coming next time. And, yeah, just need to finish the season
0: strong and on a positive note. Amen to that. Uh, and, yeah, just, I don't know, really quickly, uh, just uh, the fact that Gus malzon has gone at Auburn, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I get it. He wasn't – it didn't feel like he was going to take them to the next level again uh, unless he had – I don't know – Um. I don't know, maybe like another Cam Newton type insertion into into the team. Uh, I mean, they kind of just been meddling ever since that last title in 2010 or whatever it was. Uh, But I don't know. Do you guys think it was weird that they let him go now, like in this weird season, even though they just won? They're six and four. I mean, I don't know. I guess just you know, at some point the you know the boosters, the backman, everybody, they're just like, let's just move on. Yeah. I guess.
1: I mean, I think that, uh, like we don't follow Auburn, you know, too closely, but I watch a lot of their games and, um, they, they, they recruit, you know, fine, probably upper, upper half of the sec. You know, they always have a decent class and they always end up playing pretty well and they've got to always have a pretty good team, but, um, you're right. Like it doesn't seem like since that 2014, um, appearance of the national championship, they haven't really been the same. So you know it makes sense, and um, we'll see. We'll see who they who they go after. It doesn't seem like, and we were talking about this earlier. It doesn't seem like they're going to be that many, you know, coaches on the market right now. Like they're not going to pick
0: up Will Muschamp, right? No, they're not. But there's this guy. Uh, what's? It? I think he's at Liberty University. It's something. Freeze. Freeze. You mean Mr. Freeze? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The guy from yeah Batman, the they're looking to him. I mean, it would be weird to see him at a you know a different SEC West. So these guys always come back to the SEC West, don't they? But uh, I don't know. They that name was tossed around there. Like if if, if Freeze would come back, because he's I, don't know, I think he's done okay. He's done pretty good at Liberty. He's done really well, I think. Yeah, but that's you know that's Liberty. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Hugh Freeze could you know he's paid his penance. Maybe he could come back. Uh, we'll
1: see. Kind of fall in line with their hiring strategy of of disgraced former coaches like Bruce Pearl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I I think that would be in most coaches eyes across the country. Like if you were looking to hop, especially if you're looking to hop into the sec, that would be uh, a great place. Uh, You know, plenty of, plenty of, you know, it's a, it's a storied program in its own right, but uh, it's, it's a very, very viable job. So I, I can't imagine it would be empty long. Uh, I don't know. I probably already have somebody in mind. That's why I thought maybe Freeze would, but uh, I don't know if we'll hear anything in the next week. But I think that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Uh, if you can tune into the uh, LSU Ole Miss game this week, if you can go, even even better. It's going to be the last one of this crazy 2020 season. Uh, who knows? The Tigers might uh, might might, uh, might look good again to finish off the year, sit at 500. Uh, But either way, we'll have the follow-up for you next week. So stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking To